Genesis 32, beginning at verse 22. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, speaking of Jacob, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Mm. I think somebody ought to just say that. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Hallelujah. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And I'll stop right there. And I want to use for thought today, your victory is in your prevailing. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you've got to prevail. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. And thank you, Lord, that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So, Lord, thank you for, for sending your word to us, to, to that thing in us today that, that, that your word needs to, needs to work on and work in and work out. Thank you for what your word is going to accomplish in our lives. It's in the precious name of Jesus that we pray as we ask you for a fresh anointing of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Your victory is in your prevailing. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Saints of God prevailing to prevail is one of the most important things that, that you can do, uh, that a person can do in his or her life. You want, you want to prevail in whatever situations or circumstances come your way. You want to prevail. Tell the person sitting next to you, you want to prevail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen, amen. To prevail means to prove more powerful than the opposing forces. Amen. To prove more powerful than the opposing forces. How many of you know that you have opposing forces in your life? Yeah, there are forces that oppose you. Amen. There are forces that oppose you. Evil opposes you. You may not see it as evil, but it's, it is evil. Amen. Anything that opposes your destiny, anything that opposes 
uh, your future, anything that is set on destroying you, amen, is opposing you, amen? Uh, uh, to prevail means to be victorious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It means to be victorious, amen. So and if you're going to be victorious, you have to prevail. It gives a sense of going through something and overcoming. Yeah, yeah. And it's not an easy thing. I mean, you know, it's easy for me in my good health to walk up and down these three steps. Amen. But if, 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 my, if, if there's pain in my body, amen, it's more difficult to walk up and down these steps. But, but, but if I'm going to overcome, amen, I can't give up. I have to prevail. I have to prevail. I've seen people. I've seen people who, who, who when they got older, they stopped doing things because of pain in their bodies, and, and their bodies just eventually began to deteriorate even more. Amen. But I've seen people, even in their old age, who continue to prevail in the midst of what they're going through. The bodies might be in pain, but they continue to prevail. They, they may be getting older in age, but they continue to prevail. They continue to, 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 to go through. I often think about my uncle, 83 years old, and still drives a tractor trailer, still drives a rig every day at 83 years of age. Amen. Most people are looking for retirement by 63 or 62. You know, folk are ready to get out of the workforce. For what? You know, to go home and sit down. I mean, people say, I'm tired of working. But sometimes you got to realize that sitting down is not the best thing to do. The more you sit, the more you're going to ache. Amen. You might say, well, I'm going to ache anyway. But I, I found out that, that when there's pain in my leg, if I walk, when there's pain in my knee, if I get out and walk around my neighborhood, by the time I get back home, that pain has left my body. Now, I'm not saying that's the case in everybody's situation, but I'm just telling you it's the case in my situation. Amen. I could say my leg is hurting and I am not walking, and my leg will continue to hurt. But if I get up and walk, I've experienced pain leaving my body. I have to prevail, and sometimes when I get halfway around the neighborhood, this is why I don't like the treadmill, because the treadmill I can get off anytime I want to. But when I'm halfway around my neighborhood, in order to get home, I've got to keep on walking. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Amen. I can stop and sit down and somebody may come and ask me what's wrong. But if I want to get home, today, most people will pass you by. <laughs> in the treadmill, you can just push the stop button and just step off. You got to prevail. Tell your neighbor you must prevail. Amen. If you want victory in your life, you've got to prevail. I know, I know the truth of the song that, 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 that our victory belongs to Jesus. We sang that last Sunday. Yes, our, our victory belongs to Jesus. Our victory belongs to him. He won the victory for us on the cross of Calvary. But in everyday life, saints of God, we've got to go through some things. You're going to go through some things in your life. Amen. Amen, amen. I don't care who you are. I don't care how good you look. I don't care how much money you have. And I don't care how much you cry before God. You're going to go through some things in your life. You don't want to get defeated. You don't want to be defeated in the midst of what you're going through. 
you want to prevail. You want to prevail. Amen? And so even though our victory is in Jesus, we have to understand that we're going to go through. Listen to what Ephesians 6 and 10 uh, says, uh, 6 and 13, one of those verses. It says, for we do not wrestle, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We do not struggle. So it's saying you are struggling every day of your life. But your struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against a spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. So we struggle. We go through. There's no one sitting in here today who is not going through something. Amen. I don't care how much we praise. You know what I learned? I learned to praise God in the midst of my struggles. The devil is not going to stop me from praising God. Amen. He's not going to stop me from praising God. As a matter of fact, amen, the more he comes up against me, the more I'm going to praise God. Amen. Amen. You know, while we were praising this morning, it seemed like that was kind of a struggle to get through, you know. You know, but we got to learn, glory to God. Amen. When it's time to dance, just go ahead and dance. Don't be waiting for no feeling. Just go ahead and break through. Somebody shout, break through. Break through. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes in the midst of your dance, you can get that breakthrough. Are you understanding me? And when you can't dance, amen, we used to sing a song of I can't say a word, I would. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Do something. Glory to God. Amen. You may not be choreographed, but you can get up and you know, that's why, that's why, that's why I love my brothers and sisters in Africa because they don't worry about doing this, you know, like we got to have a pretty dance. They just be doing. They, they make up their own moves, amen. Because they understand, glory to God, that, that in the midst of what they're going through in life, amen, that, that, that they got a breakthrough, amen, they got a breakthrough, glory to God, through their praise. Hallelujah. They don't let the devil stop them, amen. And many of them, many of them are going through much worse than what we go through in our lives. Amen. Glory to God. When you realize that people get up every morning and have to go to the, how to go to the creek and get water, and you all you have to do is go and turn your faucet on. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and the water they get sometimes is not clean. And then when you turn your faucet on, even though we live in America, and even though your water has chlorine in it, it still has bacteria in it, it's cleaning in theirs. Yeah, we have a lot to praise God for. We have a whole lot to praise God for. Laying down on a mattress at night. How many of you sleep on a mattress? Y'all don't sleep on mattresses? I sleep on a mattress. And a good mattress at that. Amen. You don't sleep on a mat. You be complaining about the floor is too hard. Get up in the morning, back aching and all kind of aches and going, going through your body. Amen. Who walked to church this morning? Who walked to worship today? All of us got in cars and rode. If you had to walk, you would have stayed at home. Well, I don't have a ride today. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. But, 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 but we go through things. We go through things in our lives. We go through struggles. We go through trials. We go through tribulations. 
we go through, we wrestle with things in our lives. Brother Kenton just finished saying that in the song. There are things that we wrestle with in our lives. There are things that wrestle with us. And, you know, as I was praying about a message to bring this morning, the Lord took me to the scripture in, 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 in Genesis and began to show me some things about, uh, about Jacob here as, as God wrestled with him. And I want you to see this now. I want you to see this. And I'm not going to be before you long because you've already heard a couple of messages today. So, you know, thank the Lord. But that's the way worship ought to be, praise the Lord. Amen. I want us to experience God. I want us to encounter, encounter the Lord. Amen. I don't want us just come and go through the motions of worship. You know, we have a song and a scripture and a prayer and go home. You know, I want us to experience, I want us to experience the Lord. When I look at this passage of scripture, I see two things. I see that wrestling is one of the major things that happens in the scripture. But I also see that prevailing, prevailing is the most important thing that happens in this scripture. Somebody say prevailing. Does anybody want to prevail today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want, you want to prevail. I don't care what it is, you know. Sometimes we tend to judge people, you know, but I thank God for being a God of grace and mercy. Yes, he judges our sins, but he's merciful toward us because we will kill folk. We will cut people off, but God gives us another chance because God loves us. Amen? God loves us. God has a plan for us. God is not always looking at our present. God is looking at our future. God is looking at where he's trying to take us to. Amen? He's trying to take you somewhere. Amen? And, and many times as God is trying to take us somewhere, we are the ones that are wrestling to stop God from getting us to where he wants us to get to. Because we don't understand. We don't see. You know, we think we know. Amen. We think we've got it all together. Amen. We, 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 in our minds, we've made these wonderful plans, and we want to get there, and we think that we can do it by our own uh, 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 intellect, by our own strength. But, but no, we, we, we can't see what's on the other side of that wall. But God knows our future, and God is always trying to lead us into our future, and we find ourselves in this wrestling match, and many people today sitting in here are in a wrestling match. You're in a wrestling match, but I want you to see something in this scripture. Amen. I, I want you to see something in this scripture. Yeah, yeah. I want you to see something in this scripture because what God is trying to do, God is trying to deliver us from our past so that we're able to go into our future. Does anybody have a past? We would want to think that we don't have past, but we have past. P-A-S-T. S. And, 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 and many times as we're trying to go forward, the devil will bring up our past. Many times, the devil doesn't even have to bring up our past, but, but we hear the scriptures and we hear the preaching and we know what right is, but we're wrestling, holding on to that past. And God has something better for us. God has a future for us, but he has to get us beyond where we are so we're ready to go into our future. We cannot see we cannot see what God is doing. We cannot see how to get beyond where we are. Yes, 
to where we need to be. But there's one who sees. There's one who knows. He knows how to get you beyond where you are. And he wants to get you beyond where you are. Are y'all listening? Praise the name of Jesus. He wants to get you beyond where you are. God is always focusing on our future. He doesn't lead us backwards. God leads us forward. He's trying to get us there. He's trying to get us there. And every time we walk in disobedience, we are fighting against God in his efforts to get us to where he wants us to be. So let's look at the scripture. I said I wouldn't be before you long. So let me look at the scripture here and point out some things to you that's going to help you in this battle of life because you're in a battle. You're in a battle. Listen to me, young people. Everybody that's younger than 63, listen up. And everybody that's older than 63, listen up. Listen to what the Lord has to say, all right? I don't have anything to say. I mean, my notes are not nearly as full as they usually are. But I wrote down four points that the Lord showed me in the Scripture, and I want you to get these four points, okay? As God deals with Jacob, now, now there, there is some background here. Many of you know Jacob's story. Even before Jacob was born, Jacob and his brother Esau, they were twins, they were in the womb, Jacob is the younger, but Jacob is holding on to Esau's foot in the womb, all right, which indicates that this man is going to grow up into somebody who's going to be a supplanter, who's going to be a trickster, who's going to try to supersede his brother, and he does. He steals his brother's birthright. His name means to supplant, to undermine, to trick I was preaching that one time, and I was talking about names, and I forgot that somebody in the church name was Jacob. <laughs> I don't know how they took that, but you know, we all think before we, I don't know if anybody here named Jacob today, but if you, if you are, I'm just telling you what the name means. I'm not talking about you. You didn't name yourself. So before you give your children a name, you better think about what it means. Because you may be speaking destiny into your child. Because every time you call your child's name, you're speaking that over your child's life. Amen. Lord have mercy. So, anyway, there are a whole lot of names I wonder why people name their children that. Why do you name your child that? Well, I saw it in the Bible. But did you know what it meant? Amen. So anyhow, praise the name of Jesus. So, you know, so, so, so Jacob grows up and his mother <laughs> helps him steal his brother's birthright because she wants her son, thank God we can only have one wife at a time. Even though this Bible said he sent two over, that was in the Old Testament. Amen? Amen. 
one wife. Men, one wife at a time. Now, things happen. Somebody say one. one. Amen. And the women today not willing to share. Not women in America. Now, we don't, we don't live in Africa. Amen. I can go to the other side of that too, but I won't go to the other side of that. But anyhow, <laughs> amen, praise the name of Jesus. So, so his mother helps him in this process of stealing his brother's birthright. And when, when, Jacob, when Esau realizes what Jacob has done, he is committed to killing his brother. And so Jacob runs for his life. And Jacob has been on the run for a long time. But God wants to do something different in Jacob's life. God is ready to turn things around for Jacob. So as Jacob prepares to meet Esau, look at what Jacob does. Jacob sends all, he sends gifts in front of him to Esau. Then lastly, he sends over his wives and his children, his servants, and all of them cross the, the, the ford of Jabbok, amen, which also means it's a derivative of to struggle. It's an indication of what's getting ready to happen that night, all right? And everybody there, and Jacob is left alone. He's left alone. Is that what the Bible says? He took them, sent them over the brook, sent them over, sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone. At this time, now, 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 remember here, the Bible says a man struggled with him. The man is God. All right. So God initiates this struggle because God has a plan for Jacob's life. Are you listening? God has a plan for your life. Sometimes when you're going on about your business and you're trying to work things out according to your own wisdom, according to your own knowledge, God knows that you're not getting this thing the way he wants you to get it. So he has to initiate a struggle with you. God took the initiative. Because of what God wanted to do in Jacob's life. But notice that it didn't happen until Jacob was left alone. This just had to be God and Jacob. Jacob didn't need the distractions of family. He didn't need the distractions of servants. As with us today, we don't need, that times God has to get you by yourself. We got to stop crying and work. God, what, what happened to all my friends? Why are people leaving me alone? Because God says, I want your attention. I'm getting ready to do something in your life, and you need to be alone by yourself. Because God wants your attention. He wants to work something in you that if anybody else is around, they're going to interfere and what God is doing. He needs you by yourself. If you're going to prevail in your life, there's going to come a time when you're going to be alone. Just you and God. God's going to initiate the struggle. He's going to wrestle with you. He's going to wrestle with all of your feelings. He's going to wrestle with all of your thoughts. 
He's going to wrestle with all of your emotions. He's going to wrestle with your pride. He's going to wrestle with your arrogance. He's going to wrestle with your intellect. He's going to wrestle with every part of your being because of what he's getting ready to do in your life. And you've got to be okay with it. Now, you know the wonderful thing, and, and, I, and, and, and I, I think this is a revelation, okay? I think this is a revelation. The wonderful thing about us is Jacob didn't have a preacher to tell him what God was getting ready to do. God gave me the message. Y'all got a preacher. And I'm telling you what God's getting ready to do. Jacob didn't have this. Jacob just had to encounter God where he was. So now God is preparing you. I don't know what your tomorrow is going to bring. There are some of you, I don't even know what you're going through in your life right now. But your God is wrestling with you. He's doing it for a purpose. You don't understand. You don't see it. You don't see what God is doing in the midst of what you're going through. And sometimes, saints, and this is the danger, this is the danger of when we are going through, and I just have to say this, you know, sometimes when you're preaching, you know, you think about situations and circumstances, but, but when you're sitting in the congregation, if I'm talking about you, you just say amen and just smile and don't, don't, don't you know, nobody knows, but me and you, I'm talking about you, okay? But I'm not really talking about you, it just comes up in the message. You know, sometimes you're talking to your children. And you start telling them things, and then the Lord show you something else, and you talk about this, and the children are saying, well, why don't you just, just, just stop? I don't want to hear no more, but I got to tell you all of this. So, so then, when you're going through, this generation of people, want, when they're going through, they don't want to be in the fellowship of believers. But that's some revelation that you get when you come to the fellowship of believers. When God keeps you alone, he's not keeping you away from the fellowship of believers. And it is a fallacy for people to think that God's going to keep you alone away from the fellowship of believers. You can be alone around a thousand people. God can put you in a quiet place, a secret place, and a lone place around a thousand people. You can come and worship God, and God will have you in that place. Well, he is dealing with you while the message is going on and there are hundreds of people around you and God is dealing with just you. I know y'all don't agree with me because you didn't say amen, but that's all right. Because of this age that has taught you that there are times that you just have to stay away from the fellowship of believers and just get all by yourself so it can just be you and God. You got all week long. You got seven days. You got, you got 100 and if we do four hours of worship, 164 hours. Why you got to miss two hours of worship? But that's, that, that's this generation's thought. You know, <laughs> I learned that when you're going through something, even if God is dealing with you, you need to be in the fellowship of believers. I need to hear the songs of Zion. I need to hear the word from the Lord. Amen. I need to be among the prayers of God's people. Amen, Amen Walls. Amen. Jacob was alone. 
Somebody said Jacob was alone. You feeling alone right now? Is God dealing with you? And you're alone? Nobody can help you? There's nobody you can talk to about what you're going through, about what you're feeling? There's no, you, you know, you got, you got your pastor, you got all these people around you, but the Lord is saying, don't talk to nobody. I'm dealing with you. This is between me and you. Second thing the Lord showed me. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. All night. Somebody say all night. God's going to wrestle with you until he's finished. Your night might be longer than my night. But you're going to have a night. And you got to go through it. Somebody say all. How long is all? How much is all? All night. There's no way to shorten this thing. There's no way to abort the process. When God initiates this, he's going to wrestle with you all night. Your all night might be five years. You're crying, Lord, when is this going to be over? God said, whenever you surrender... We're not willing to surrender. We'll surrender to the world before we will surrender to God. I'll say it again. We will surrender, most people, we'll surrender to the world before we'll surrender to God. We, yeah. We will resist God while God is dealing with us, and we will resist Him. But when the devil comes and brings us something, ooh, that feels good. Now we've surrendered to the world. Let me show you something else. Let me show you something else, okay? He wrestled all night. Look at what verse 28 says. In the middle of that verse, he says, Your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. So Jacob was wrestling with God, but God indicates you wrestle with man. You see, part of our wrestling is with the world system. Jacob had wrestled with Esau. Jacob had wrestled with his father. But they represent something. For us, it represents a world system. Think about all the problems we have. Think about how divided our minds are. It's because we have accepted a system. We are a part of a system, and we've accepted the ways of this system. We've been talking about walking with Jesus. So if you all studied the fifth chapter of Matthew on last Wednesday night and Wednesday night past, then you read the teachings of Jesus. Jesus said, it has been said. But I say, you see, you're in a world system, and that's our problem. We believe what we see. We believe that the world has more power and more influence, and so we yield to the world. So when Jesus says, 
Let me give you a good example of one of those scriptures in the fifth chapter of Matthew. <clears throat> it has been said an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, and I may be putting two of them together right now, Elder Hoskins. But I say to you, if they slap you on one cheek, what? But what does the world system say? And what do we do? You're wrestling with the system. The system wants you to submit. And most Christians will say, I don't know if I can do that. Most Christians will laugh like you just did. Say, if they hit me, I'm going to hit them back. Because we've submitted to a system. We submitted to a system. God says to Jacob, you've wrestled with God and you've wrestled with man. Now, in essence, now you are prevailing. You had a turning point in your life. You want to get to this turning point, saints, that you stop, that, that when you wrestle with the world system, you prevail over that system. That's part of our struggle. We're not prevailing over the world system. We come to the Lord, and we don't like each other. We come to the Lord, and we're fussing and falling out with one another. We come to the Lord. We won't bring the tithes and orphans into the stillhouse. We come to the Lord, and we lie, and we cheat, and we steal. We come to the Lord, and, 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 and we're committing adultery and fornication. We come to the Lord. but we submit to the world system. And we don't see, the problem is, we don't see anything wrong with it. We say, well, that's just the way people are. That means that the world system is winning, or the world system has won. Am I making any sense to anybody? You know what? Somebody came to church this morning. You've fallen out with your husband or fallen out with your wife. And you feel justified. Now, I'll let you add the rest of that stuff that you justify yourself in. Because if I go too far, somebody ain't coming back next Sunday. I want you to come back. I want you to hear. We come to the Lord and we say, Jesus is Lord. We're acknowledging his lordship, but we're not submitting to his lordship in our lives. We're, we, we are, we're allowing the world system to win. We're in a struggle, y'all. For Jacob. God told Jacob, you struggle with God, you struggle with man, you prevailed. God wants to say that to you. He wants to say that to you. Young people, there's a system that's after you. This world system is after you. You know, you know that's why we got to have hype now 
before we can pay attention. A lot of people don't know how to be quiet because the music is always loud. Everything around them is loud. Anybody play loud music? Who plays loud music? So things have to be hyped. And we have to do things quick, you know. Got to do things quick. Somebody said to me the other day, he said, you know, I see the value of the old church when you take time and go to the altar, pray. Now we got to be out in an hour. We don't have time to bring people to the altar and pray over them. So I see the value. I see the value when people took time with the Lord. Because this microwave generation you're missing too much. You will spend hours with your music. You'll spend hours on social media. Hours. But when do you adjust your perspective so that you can spend hours in the presence of the Lord? Yeah, I was reading last night, uh, the other night, night before last, when Paul was preaching that sermon was talking. He was just talking to the church. You know, when we say preaching, we think in terms of the way we preach. But Paul was talking to the church, and he talked a long time. And the young man sitting in the windowsill fell from the third floor window, <laughs> fell asleep. They went down. Paul went. There was still breath in his body. They brought him back up. Paul continued to preach all night long. You know y'all would have been gone home. <laughs> you ought to have been checking out, slipping out of the door. Look, pastor just preaching too long today. Football coming on, you know. We got a dinner engagement. We're supposed to be going out to dinner. We got a party going on, you know. Yeah, I watch y'all when y'all slip out of church early. I'm just sitting here watching one by one, folks. I'll slip it out. Because they planned something early on Sunday. Now, what if I plan something at 12 o'clock on Sunday, and then so five minutes to 12, I get up and preach, and 12 o'clock, oh, I got to go, excuse me. <laughs> and I don't say, church, I have to leave at 12 o'clock. I just leave. <laughs> Y'all sitting up in here watching me as I walk out of the door. And I don't even say, bye. <laughs> but that's what some of y'all do. And I'm standing up here watching you as you excuse your holy self early. Because you planned something during the hour of worship. When I first started well, pastoring at Fishing Creek, the gospel chorus used to do these days go to these anniversaries. We'd go to like 100 anniversaries, about 100 on a weekend. And, and somebody had the nerve to ask me one time, can, we be, can I be excused early so I can go put our name down on? Y'all know what y'all used to do, some of y'all. And some of y'all weren't at Fishing Creek, at New Hope and all those other places. Go put the name down early. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You're not going to be excused from worship so you can go put your name down early because you got four or five places to go sing on a Sunday. Take your little $10 and come in late and sing your song and leave out of the door. What kind of worship is that? 
Let me finish this message. Jacob, God said to Jacob, you've wrestled with God and you've wrestled with man. And I read that thing and I saw how we're wrestling with the world system and we are not winning. God wants you to prevail. God wants you to prevail. Wants you to prevail. Not just with him. And that's wonderful that God points us out that, 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 that he initiates this wrestling match with Jacob. Because what God wants to do in his life, but God acknowledges that in Jacob's life, he's wrestled with man. We got to see how we're wrestling with the system. And so, so last night I was reading, I typed in in, in, in my search engine, why is God important? First of all, I typed in why God, why, why God is important. Because I got this email from Wycliffe, and they're going to do this Why Bible seminar, Why the Bible Matters, talking about reaching millennials, you know. You know, it's amazing how the world put tags on us, and we just jump on it. Lord, have mercy. We just jump. Now, I'm a millennial, so I read about millennials, and I start acting like millennials. Hmm. I know y'all don't agree. That's okay. But the world tagged us. I've been preaching to you all for a long time. And I remember reading about Daniel, Azariah, Hananiah, and Mishael. And I told you, don't let the world change your name. They got into a different system, world system, and they changed their name to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, most people in the church don't know Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael because the world tagged them. The world changed their name. And, 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 and so the world started reading Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You say, well, it's in the Bible. The real names are in the Bible. Why don't we learn their real names? The system will change your name. The system will change your perspective. The system will change the way you think. So in this wrestling match, God wants you to prevail. Say, God wants me to prevail. The only way you're going to have victory is that you've got to prevail. You've got to go through this thing, and you've got to come out on top. The last point I want to make, when God finished with Jacob, he left an identifying mark. That's the last thing I'm going to say about, not the last thing, the last point. The Bible says, Jacob said, let me go. No, no, no. The Lord said, let me go. The God said, let me go. For the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to them, what is your name? He said, Jacob. He said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Now, now, before I go on, isn't it amazing that you can struggle with God and prevail? God wants you engaged in this process. God wants you engaged in struggling with him. So when God begins to do a work in your life, 
when God begins to allow affliction, when God begins to wrestle with you about you and about what you're going through and about your past and about all the things that have taken place in your life, don't disengage. You got to go through this process. And he said to him, he said, tell me your name, I pray. He said, why is that you need, you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I've seen God face to face and my life has prevailed. Hallelujah. Amen. And I skipped the verse that I wanted to get to, that the Lord touched his hip. So Jacob walked with the limp. When God finishes with you, there is an identifying mark on you. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what it's going to be in your life. But there's going to be an identifying mark. You're going to know, and other people are going to know, that you've been with the Lord. So don't stop. Don't, don't, don't disengage the process. Because if you want victory in your life, you got to go all the way through it. You got to prevail with God and with men. And when God finishes with you, you will know there will be something in your life that will remind you of this encounter that you've had with God. Some people have only praised the Lord. Some people have only had an emotional experience with the Lord. But some people have encountered God. And there is a mark. There is an identifying mark that you've been with the Lord. When those men stood before the Sanhedrin, stood before the council, the Bible says they took note of them, that they were ignorant, they were unlearned men, but they took note of them that they had been with the Lord. God wants you. God wants to encounter you today. He wants to engage you. All night, however long your night is going to be, but you got to be determined. You're not going to let go until you get that blessing. God, you have something for me. There's something that I need in my life. I'm not going to let go until you bless me. Not going to turn you loose, God. It's amazing that the scripture will say that, Jake, that God wrestled with Jacob and Jacob prevailed. Which says to me, God allowed him to prevail. But Jacob had to have the mindset he wasn't going to let go. not going to let go. Some of y'all been going through some things for a long time and you're about ready to give up. Don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Some of y'all crying, how long, oh God? How long must I deal with this? God said, until you're ready to surrender. That's what a blessing is. When Jacob asked his name, Jacob said, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. That meant that Jacob was surrendering. 